Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Five fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with Paul Smith. Paul, it's good to see you again. It has been months, if not over a year, since I've last seen you. How are you? I'm all right, thanks you. It's nice to see you. I'm so sorry. I know I dragged you out of bed to do this interview. I, I know you must be jet lag. I'm jet lag myself. We're just having a little light down. It's like, it's like since we got here, we haven't had like a full night's sleep. We've been getting to bed a bit late because we probably go past the tiredness. Yeah. So by the time we, we, it gets a bit late, well, it's two in the morning, it's probably you know eight in the morning, nine in the morning, back home where we used to get up and body being active. So I just thought we'd, if we start having a little sleep in the afternoon, maybe we'll be fine tonight. But yeah. it's fine. It's, it's good, to talk, good to talk to you and good to see you again. Well, it's a big fight week, um, not only for the fight fans, but for your family. This is a really big fight for you guys. Um, tell me what the energy's been like between all of you. Oh, it's been great. It's just the same as normal. You know, we've always said, and, and I think people are probably a bit fed up of it, but we've always said it's not an act with us. You know, we are best mates. You see us when you're around us. We're, we're with each other every day, back home. You know, it, it's a bit sad, really, but, you know, we're best mates with each other and we, we spend all our time together, more or less, but that's what brothers are for, I imagine. I'm in the same job and the same industry, um, you know, so we've, we've always been the same, so competitive on the table, tennis table or the ping-pong table, competitive on the PlayStation or the Nintendo, what's upstairs, and just, just, just ways of killing time together, which we do together every day. Tell me a story about you guys growing up, because I can only imagine you guys must have been roughhousing with one another. Who, who got the best of who when you were younger? There's been a few stories. Paul, Paul Stevens being sent to hospital twice, once off me and once off Callum. Uh, both were accidental. One was I tied the hose pipe to the lamppost about 25 feet in the air and Got Stephen to hold on to it, about five of us, me and my mates, pulled it and he went up. But as he went up, he, he come off and come down head first, land on his head, was out. The next time it was Callum, who's quiet as anything. We were playing hide and seek and couldn't find him. And Callum just sneaked up on him and he was hiding in a bush and just dropped a pavement slab on his head and knocked him out. He got sent off again. Liam, Liam threw it, I remember Liam throwing a screwdriver in my eye. I've still got a scar for me, barely missed me. I was throwing micro machines on him, the little tiny cars. And I was a bit older, I'm so I could judge when he was coming uh, and 
as I've lifted up the throat of the one, I've got bang on my eye and I've, I've, I've thought, yeah, good shot. And as I've looked, there's blood all over my eye and a screwdriver on the floor and he just threw a, he just got fed up. He's got no temper, Liam. He threw a screwdriver right in my eye. We wear rough houses, we wear, you know, scallies, we were always boxing, always sparring. And then we only had one pair of gloves, so we'd, we'd toss up, toss a coin for the right hand and a tea towel would be around the left hand. And then they'd have the left hand and a tea towel around the right hand and that's how we used to, we used to spar. My mum would come back from either in the bingo or, or be in, in, in her mum's in my nan's or somewhere, wherever she'd be, or shop, shopping up and down the road, getting groceries in, as you call them, and getting the shopping in. And she, she just, she'd know we'd been fighting to be, be like steam in the house of, of, of four of us fighting and, and ornaments broken and the couch would be moved. And the, but that was, that was how it was. That's how we grew Yeah, we were always going to be that way. I think we were always going to be boxers, definitely. Your mom must have, you must have drove your mother nuts. Yeah, but we still do. We, we, we do, yeah. We, we still do now. She hates it. She hates the boxing. But, you know, she knows it, 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 it's our life yeah. and it always has been. Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about this. Callum is the first type of a fighter that Canelo will ever face. He's the taller. He's got more of a reach. He's got, on paper, all of the advantages that you would need to be successful on fight night. Let's talk, let's talk a bit about what, you know, preparation was like. It's, it's gone good considering the world and considering what's going on at the moment. His preparation's gone really good. And you're right, he's got all the tools and all the attributes and many people will argue, I'm sick of seeing the comparisons. So did Rocky Fielding, you know, just because he's from Liverpool or Britain or because he's tall. You know, Callum got Rocky Fielding out of there in one round. If you want to talk mutual opponents, it took Callum a lot less than it did Canelo. So there's a comparison which we're not using. People talk about Kovalev being taller and stronger and bigger. Kovalev was, was on his way out, probably out already. And and to me, no disrespect to Kovalev. Kovalev, he had, he had a fantastic career. I, I was there and I think my brother or, or myself boxed on the... It was my brother, Stephen, he boxed on the undercard when Kovalev announced himself on the scene, knocking Nathan Cleverly out, you know. He's had a fantastic career, but he was finished when he fought Canelo. And for me, he was just there for the payday. That's my opinion. This is a different kettle of fish altogether with Callum. He's not Rocky Fielding, he's not Kine he's not Kovalev. He's, he's better than them both. And he's stronger, and he's at his peak, and he, he's fit, and, and he's here to win, 100% to win. Everton's gone great for him in camp, as best as it could do, as I say, with COVID, with the lack of getting 10 sparring partners in, as opposed to just two and having two good sparring partners in, in the gym already. But he's done everything that, that, he, that he needs to, that he has to, his weight's perfect. His mindset and his frame of mind is absolutely brilliant, and he'll rise to the occasion on, on Saturday night. I was just asking Stephen about it, but um, Calm's a very naturally calm individual. He's very laid back and calm. But what's the energy been like for him, as opposed to, say, when he was going on into the finals with the World Boxing Super Series against George Groves? I mean, is it, is it sort of the same, or have you noticed some... Yeah, yeah, quite similar, because it's, it's similar in a way that we've had to all travel to somewhere, and it's similar to, like, being a bubble. Because in Saudi, it wasn't necessarily that you couldn't go outside. You probably didn't want to go outside. There wasn't really many places you had to go except for the gym. And I know when I, know when I got there, it was like, there's not much to do outside because the way Saudi is uh, and it's not a bad place by any means but there's not really much to do there's certainly no bars there's no you know no really places that you go for restaurants when there's the best cooking in, in the hotel itself Callum Carney not on the way what's served outside there's nutritionists here and he's telling the chef what to cook for him 
So everything we needed was in the hotel, which was fine. I had a couple of friends who flew over, a couple of Callum friends who flew over, and the team was there. This time's the same, except we just can't go out to the hotel even if we want to. But everything we need is here. There's the gym, there's, there's, there's certainly enough food and everything else for all of us. As I say, the table tennis, the pool, the other aim, everything that we need to, to function, but we've got each other, and, and that's what we're always like. And Callum being, as you say, the calm, quiet individual that he is and the quiet person that he is, he needs his brothers around him all the time, and it's not that he needs us, he can do it by himself. Which we certainly don't hold his hand in the ring when he fights, but we're close. You know, a fight week without us wouldn't be a fight week. A fight week, if I was fighting and they weren't there, wouldn't be a fight week. You know, if, if Liam was fighting for the world title again and we weren't there, it, it wouldn't be the same. We, we do feed off each other, and, and with Callum especially, having us around is, is a calming influence as well, and a more relaxing and more homely feeling for him because he's always been used to He's the youngest brother, and, and he'd always have us around him. The youngest and the biggest? Yeah, the youngest, the biggest, and, and you know what? The best, and, and I think he should be. And I'm not putting the others too down saying that, I'm certainly not putting myself down, but for me, the youngest of, of, of the family should learn off every lesson, good and bad. And I'm not going to make them mistakes what you made. And, you know, I'm going to do that right because you did that right as well. And he's also had the chance to just sit back and observe. And Callum's, Callum's nature and Callum's persona and the way he is, his personality, is to sit back and watch and observe. He didn't say much growing up. He wasn't really a talker. He still isn't. And when he did, it'd be hysterical or funny or a one-liner because he'd just sit and watch and watch and watch and listen, 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 and then he'd fire something out and it'd be small snippet, but he'd be hysterical. And that's what he's always been like. He likes to observe, sit back, be quiet, watch what's going on, assess what's going on. And it's helped him tenfold with the boxing because he's learned so much. You know, also gaining experience without actually having, having done anything. This is his... This is, you know, I don't know how many worlds I've fighted this form, I can't even think of the top of my head, but he's been involved in about 20 of them with his brothers and his brothers' teammates in the gym in the past and his own teammates in Crawl and Quig, right back to Hatton Costas U. Callum was in the dressing room with me because I was in the camp with Hatton, that was 2005, so he was 15, 14, or just turned 15. He's been around all the big fights without actually having to fight in them himself, and that's still experience, he's still picking up because you know what's going on. and. You know, if people came out and saw yourself working, they wouldn't know how you worked. They'd expect you to have 10 people behind you helping you. You're a one-man band at the moment doing it, getting stuck in it, and it's professional, and people wouldn't realise what it is unless it's actually on that side of the camera. When you're on that side of the changing room, the dressing room door, and behind the camera, on that, on that sense, you get a feel of what's going on. So when you're turning up for your first fight, when you're normally nervous, thinking, what, what's that happening? He knows everything that's happened because he's been around it before. So again, observing, observing, listening, watching. He's picked up so much experience as well as, as you say, you know, being quiet and calm natured and the mellow man we used to call him when we were kids growing up, and that, that, that sums him up. I found it to be cute where he got Mundo from. Yeah, he was a massive fan of the turtles, and uh, my dad used to call him. Yeah, he was like Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and my dad used to laugh and say, "You can be Calamundo." Uh, and that was it, and, and it's just stuck, Mundo, so we've called him Mundo for years, yeah. He's had so many nicknames, though, like, he's had so many, like, funny ones, what are like, like, he looked like, my dad used to say he had the body, like, one of the Al fellas of Coronation Street, so he got named him, he's, he's, he was just dead quiet, so anyone who was quiet, he got called them, but Mundo stuck, yeah. He is so quiet, he's so mysterious, and you know what, one of the last times I saw Callum, we sat down, and we had, like, near, nearly a 20-minute conversation, and... He really opened up and he was 
laughing a lot and smiling a lot. And I was like, you know what? Not very many people get to see this from you because he is so calm and and it, it's almost like he has a poker face too. You don't know what he's thinking. He's hysterical. He's absolutely hysterical. He is funny and his one line is hysterical and he takes the piss out of me all the time and the, and the others obviously, but he's like, you know, he's, he's just funny and the things that he says is hysterical at the right time, but he's also quite antisocial and I don't mean this in a bad way. And it, it, it's easy, it, it's probably good that I can explain this now because people will assume he's probably gone that way with success and it couldn't be any more the opposite. Callum was sitting in my mother's once when he was about 18 and he, my, my mum said to me, he said to me, lad, you know, man, if, if I could go a full day without like talking to people, it's probably a decent day. He just doesn't do conversation. It's just quiet and very within himself and, and you know, self-contained and a little tiny, as I say, and not in, not in a bad way or a negative way. A bit antisocial, where, you know, if lockdown for him was probably good. He probably enjoyed it. And it's not the fact that he doesn't have to go and interact with fans or people who want to speak to. It's not that. It, it, he's been like that before anyone knew who he was. He was like that before he'd even had a boxing match when he was 12. You know, that's just, that's how the kid is. He's just dead quiet and, like, sometimes, like, shy. Sometimes, like, very shy. But if you do know him and you're lucky enough to be in his company, he's funny and he's one of the lads and he's just quiet. But there's not many people who do get to see that because he probably just doesn't, come out of a shell enough in that scenario, in that situation for people to actually notice it unless it's comfortable around them. Well, let's talk a bit about you. How's retirement? How are you getting on? Are you... Um... It, was a bit, it was a bit dodgy at first. It was a bit, you know, like... I did the podcast recently about it with, with Tiss Dixon and I, you know what, I enjoyed it because I haven't really spoke about it. And, and until you sit down and actually talk about things... We used to have good conversations with Matthew Macklin all the time. He's one of my best friends in boxing, probably my best friends in boxing outside the brothers. And We used to always talk about, I'm a big believer in and I always say this to people, I see kids now who haven't done a thing in boxing and they're talking like they've absolutely cracked and smashed it. They haven't even won a, a British title or a, you know, an area title, so to speak, or nothing to even fall on about. And I see fellas like Callum who've got the ring magazine belt, the WBA title, possibly the WBC title. He doesn't talk about himself or, 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 or sell himself or boast, or certainly doesn't boast. And I've always been a believer of don't look back on what you've done until you, you've finished. But I finished and still didn't look back on what I did. And it was, not, it was a nice text off Macklin. He said, mate, you've got a career to be proud of. You know, you've, you've, you've fought at the highest level. You've you've helped your three brothers come all the way through. You've won two British titles. You, you know, you've done. You've had a good career. And if I had to turn pro and you're offering me what I what I got, I'd have bit your hands off for it straight away. Sort of a lot of kids from Bayaz are not really meant to go through and fight for world titles or win British titles. You know, and and have long successful careers. I was a pro for 15 years and I'm very experienced with it without being big headed or blowing me on trumpet. And I know a lot about the game again without blowing me on trumpet. But sometimes that's saying. Born, you know, trumpet. You have to look back and be a bit proud of what you did. You have to pat yourself on your on your back sometimes as well. Yeah, sometimes, and I was always sort of keeping that fighter's mentality of not believing my own bullshit and not 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 believing my own hype. The minute you believe your own hype, you get knocked out, you get beat, and, and if the wheels fall off, and as I said, there's so many fighters that are doing it now, and I think they haven't done nothing yet, and they keep going on like you, you know, Andre Ward or someone or Canelo or someone, and look at Canelo. You know, my brother's fighting. Him. He's flying in here on a private jet. He's got a yacht. He's got millions and millions and millions 
He's still got the hunger and the determination and the dedication to get out of bed and fight at the top level. That's a, that's a, that deserves pats on the back. That's, that's what these kids should be looking at. Not a social media star who hasn't actually done nothing yet, who's got a lot of followers, and, and, and I want to be like him because he's got a few followers and a few good watches or sponsors and that. There's ways of doing things, and, and Callum is a perfect example. He can retire and never have to work a day again as long as he lives, even before this fight. He can buy whatever watch he wants when he finishes. But now he's wearing a little Casio for training and a swimming watch, you know what I mean? And, and he's wearing just whatever clothes he wants to wear. And you can do all that when you retire, but looking back sometimes is important. And I, and I wasn't doing that, and I wasn't sort of giving myself the path on my back. Why was that? Why, why didn't... I mean, I know you said that you you don't want to feel as if you're boasting, but once you've once you've left behind your career, I mean, it's okay to look back and, and say, you know, wow, I did some incredible things. You know what it is now, and, and as I mentioned, like, at first I struggled for a couple of years. I was bad, and I, like, I had depression. I've never had depression before, and... I never wanted to admit that because I didn't want that stigma with me for, for, for like for, for good, you know. And, and it's not with you for good, you know. It come, it'll come and go, and hopefully it doesn't come back. But it's been and it's gone. Fingers crossed. That I recognise it now. I see it now. I, I, I speak to people. I speak to my wife. You know, my wife understands it now because it was tough for my wife because she didn't know what was going on. She just thought I was a moody bastard, as as most people would. And I've always had the stigma around me of being a moody bastard. And I'm far from it. And the people that know me know I'm far from it. You know, I'd like to think I was quite funny, and, and, and I am I am a good person. I've always been a good person. That's what sort of got me through it. I know I'm a good person, so I don't need to sort of beat myself up for things in the past because that's what depression is, regretting a lot of stuff in the past and things like that. And I haven't really done anything that's been life-threatening or changing, but you sort of you beat yourself up. That's, that's what it, it is. And maybe because you're a pro and you don't want to believe your own hype and you, you can't get too big-headed because you, you can't put yourself on this pedestal because... You've got to work hard and you've got to keep working as if you're a challenger, as if you're not, as if you're, you're no one, as if you're, you're just a young kid coming through. Even when you're fighting for world titles or when you're British champion or European champion or world champion, whatever you might be as a fighter. But since then, like the last 18 months or so, I have looked back and it is with fondness and, and my son started boxing. So I'm telling them stories and I'm joking and I'm saying I had to beat you easy at, at my age. And like he's laughing and joking and, and I tell him, like, well, actually... Like, I, I did. I, I won that title when I was your age, mate. He's like, did you? And, and so my son's sort of pulling me like through that side of it as well. Where I'm like, yeah, I did that, mate. And I'm in the amateur gym all the time with him and the parents. And I'm like, yeah, like my name's on that board like seven times for my titles or six or whatever it might be. And and then you do feel a bit better about yourself. You know, I had a great career and I did, and, and I still say that now. I had a brilliant career and boxing saved me life and changed my life. And I wouldn't have ended up in jail or. or selling drugs or doing whatever you don't but you don't know what would have happened but it certainly wasn't a down and out of the great family and I still have got a great family and I'd, I'd been successful I'd like to think in whatever I put my mind to because of the put all that effort what I put into the boxing into into that but it, it, it boxing itself is inspiring to people where people like me can come through then my three brothers after me and now my son's signing it and a couple of others and you will inspire people without actually realising it I just think that when you're boxing you, you set your sights so high that if you don't reach them, them, them aims and goals and win the world title, even though I just fell short, you think you're down there, when actually you're not, you just fell a bit short. You know, and that's, that's how I've got to keep looking at it and accept it that way. So do you feel that the feeling of depression was coming from you beating yourself up over maybe not achieving certain things? Or was it because when, sometimes when you retire, you often hear about athletes struggling to find their identity outside of the ring? It was very much struggling to find my identity, but it was, it was a lot of that as well. 
it was a bit of everything, and it was a bit of you know a bit, a bit of a few things, but mainly mainly struggling with the identity, like what to do. Like, like I know our Stephen said in another interview, but you like doing the school run, and I love doing the school run. I love going and picking my kids up from school and. and Taking my lad to boxing and, and, and making sure my daughter's okay and she's a little character and I love it. And I love being a dad and it's great being a dad and, and, and you know, getting to spend that time with, with kids. And being a dad's as hard as you want it to be. Being a good, if you want to be a good dad, it's hard. If you want to be a, just someone who can call himself a dad, then it's easy. You don't have to do nothing. But I want to be a good dad and, and I've got a great family. I've got, I've got twin daughters who were, who were just turned 20 and they were one minute when I met my wife, one and a bit, maybe two. And I've raised them as me all in the names of Smith. You know, I'm so proud of them. They're the lovely kids. They're a credit to, to, to the mum, to me, to, to the dad, to everyone else, you know, to the biological dad and, and all our family who've all helped raise them and have their input in them. And my lad's a little, a little cracker. And, and I, I, he, you know, he, he does, he makes me laugh every day. He's hysterical. He's FaceTiming me all the time. He's, he's had his first shave at 13. And like, I'm, I'm thinking, I feel old anyway, but. He's having his first shave, my little girls are cracking as I say, so I love the family life, I love that side of it. But then it becomes a case of like, there is still no real main identity because you was a boxer, now you're not. And you see people on the street who know you, but I'll turn the bigger that they know you, but you won't know them. What are you up to now? And it's like, trying to manage a few fighters, but COVID's happened and there's no one, there's no one fighting, so there's no real people to manage. And then I was doing a, a big development, a big building development in Liverpool with the council and building a gym for me and my brothers and about six or five, six, seven hundred thousand units in the area where we're from in Kirkdale, which you know is, is, is an area that could do with a bit of help. And we love it and it's, it's where we're from and, and we'll be always be proud of, of the area and being from there. So if we can get some good money put into there and build some, some good housing for the, for the local people who are great people, then that'll be great. But... Covid again, that's on old, and the council have had a few problems. So that's what, everything I'm doing in my life is just frozen at the moment with Covid. So that's been a bit frustrating. But you know what? I could have went one of two ways on that. I could have went back below the water level and, and let things play over in my mind, or just focus on my family and, and stay healthy, be happy. And I've chose the second one, and I'm in a good place now. I think it'll all start to come together eventually. But whatever it is you're going through you have to go through it in order to find what's on the other side. So it's a, it's a journey, it's a process. I read a quote once on, on Instagram and I posted on Instagram, it was about you can't skip chapters. Yeah. And it was a great quote and I saw it, you know, it just, just, it just made perfect sense to I me. Mean, you, can't, you can't skip the chapters, you have to go through everything. And life can't be all easy and it can't be all hard. And listen, it, it can get to a point where everything becomes easy. I believe in that. I don't believe that you have to have it hard or you have to work so hard to be successful or... You know, a lot of people are lucky. I don't believe in the, the, the usual stigmas about life, you know, if, if you want something that's going to be dead success, you have to work so hard and it's not all. There's ups and downs. I don't believe in that either. There can be ups and solid ups and non-stop ups, but it won't be like that from day one. You'll have to have gone through them to get to that point. And it is that you can't skip the chapters. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. And hopefully there's a lot less bad in everyone's life and struggles in us, but there will be stages and there will be parts. And you can't, unfortunately, skip them because it makes you better it's an old saying I used to swear by when I was younger and I still sort of believe it's so too now it's without, the, without the sour the sweet ain't the sweet and it is so too it makes you appreciate the, the goods and the highs when you've experienced them lows so you know, hopefully there's not many more of them lows to come and plenty of eyes well look I wish you nothing but the best I wish your family nothing but the best I think you guys are all amazing people and um, we'll see what happens come Saturday night for your younger brother 
And should he be victorious, he definitely moves himself on up on the pound for pound rankings and uh, ultimately becomes a superstar overnight. So the shy Callum needs to be prepared for what can come. <laughs> Any final words? No, thank you. Lovely talking to you as usual. Really appreciate it. Nice one. All nice seeing you again. Bye, bye, fans. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.